You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the Double Switch Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Butler, and I have my co-host, Michael Buckenroth, on the other side, as always. You can find me on Twitter as at DadSocks, and Michael is at BearsFan5233. You can find the show at Double Switch Pod, and we have an awesome show tonight. It's going to be a little bit different just because, I mean, we have two weeks left of regular season for you Roto League players out there. I'm sure most of you in, are into the playoffs, whether your team is doing awesome or terrible. It's You're still there. You still got a few more days left to try and fight it off and try and get to that championship game. But why don't I bring Michael on and we can get this show started. So how are you doing tonight, Michael? Good, man. Good. Just uh, like I said, I was, we were talking before the show, my, my fantasy team that's in the playoffs right now is struggling a little bit. We still got all today, tomorrow, and Sunday, but I'm still I'm still fighting it, you know. I'm still watching baseball almost every night. A little just last night I, I didn't, but I was watching it on my phone as the game was on, so I'm not giving up. Well, you never really can. I mean, the fact that anything can happen these last few weeks. I mean, shit, the Braves go twenty nine. What was the final score? Twenty nine to nine the other night. I that had to swing so many matchups. The fact that Adam Duvall with another three home run night. The fact that Ozzy Albies is starting to get rocking a little bit again, but any of these teams, honestly, with that are either out of it or just the fact that guys are kind of wearing down because they're not used to the short season and they've been used so much. Anything is possible to break out. I didn't see the Braves hitting 29 runs, even though they are good offense, they haven't been consistent all year. So these next few days are going to be interesting. Definitely. I agree. I mean, it's just like, it's almost like when, when football season comes into town, everybody just leaves, but then it's like, you know what, that might be a good thing and it might be a bad thing because if you need someone to lose, to get like a better seed, then you have those teams that are like at the end that are just dropping off because they were so bad this year. And then those, the teams that you need to obviously lose always tend to start playing the teams that aren't even being followed anymore. And you're like, come on, just you like aren't even <laughs> plugging in your players. And it's like, you need that situation. That's kind of what I'm going through in my other league right now is uh, I need to get a better seed. I need a guy that I could tell obviously isn't plugging in his players. He's completely quit playing against the guy that I need to lose to get a better seed. And it's just like, so frustrating. It's like, you should almost have to sign a waiver or something <laughs> saying that you're not just going to give up regardless if you're last place, because I mean, you only have two more weeks and then you'll be at what week three of the NFL. It's not like you're, you're only not even missing a quarter of the football season. Like it's fine. Well, and especially with football too. I mean, you honestly, the first few weeks are important for waivers, but at the same time, you have to wait until Sunday. You Nobody knows who's going to break out. You can do all the reading you want, but nobody knows shit until those games get played. I know I've been doing a lot of reading and uh, getting ready for football season, but it's you do have those teams that are like, ah, whatever, I don't think I'm going to actually win. And plus you have the teams that have missed the playoffs that aren't picking up anyone. So you've always got those chances of finding the gems, of finding the guys that are just getting hot, that are hitting on hitting streaks that can provide you that value. And I know we've got a lot of those tonight. We're actually going, that's going to be the main section of our show later on. But I mean, it's, I'm really excited. And it's funny because the same situation you're in, in my home league, we've got the main champion. He did not get a bye week this week because we're a 10 team league. 
six of the teams make the playoffs. We like having the three weeks because obviously anything can happen. And he's had a bye week each of the last two years. This is our third year, but he missed, he didn't get the bye week. He missed it by, I think, 10 games or so because we played triple headers. So, and honestly, his rival, I don't know, it was only by five games. His rival took the bye week in his division. I took mine in my division by 10 games. And currently it's seven to five because we play categories. Each category is a win. And so he's only winning by seven to five, but the guy that is losing is really ready to just pile on pitchers, try and go for the strikeouts and quality starts. And he's so amped up for this because he's got the hitting side and it's going to be a really close breakdown at the end of it. It's not going to take a lot, but if he can get some luck, uh, especially tonight with he's got DeGrom, Giolito and uh, someone else going, I forget. Oh, Chris Bubik. And then Keegan Aiken, of course, too. He went, he was riding that train a little bit. Didn't work out in his favor, but his ERA was already screwed. So it's fun watching them kind of from the sidelines since I've got a bye week. But man, I'm getting so nervous. I I hate having the bye week because you're just sitting there hoping your team stays healthy and you hope they don't go cold going into next week. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to be sitting there and just all of a sudden have your team do nothing and be that close to the to the championship yeah that's kind of what i'm uh, right now my team going cold i've been in first for at least the last five weeks getting into the playoffs i didn't we only did uh the top four teams make it so two week playoff pretty much so at the end of the season is the end of our season right and uh i just i have a lot of guys that just went cold i mean i have austin meadows that has one hit this week i have um, who else were we talking? I think about? you said, uh, oh, who was it? Jonathan Scope. He's gone yeah, cold. Jonathan Scope, one hit this week, and a guy that's been destroying the the baseball. I think he's in the top, probably ten in RBIs, or has to be. Kyle Tucker, one hit this week, and I'm like, come on. So I'm hoping they fight it off strong. I went and picked up a a Willie Castro, and we might talk about that a little bit later, but. He's been kind of helping out a little bit too, but it's, it's definitely nerve wracking, especially going into what we have today is Friday going into, we have two more days left. And if I lose, I'm out. Like that's just the way it it's working. And it's like, it's so crazy just to be up so high and like just destroying the league, everything, every time you pick somebody up, it's just the right move. And then you hit these slumps and you're like, this sucks. You know? Yeah, it really but, does. But you know, it is what it is. I, I can only hope that things change and it might. And, you know, I went and picked up some pictures. I did the kind of the strategy that uh, you were just talking about. So we'll see how it works. Wow. And you were right. Kyle Tucker is seventh in RBIs in the league. I didn't realize how good of a year he's had. I sold no. off. I sold off any of my shares last year just because I didn't expect him to actually get the time this year. And I, I was in win now mode. So it kind of sucks that I don't have a, a share of him, but at the same time, I'm, it's not like he's having this huge breakout year, eight home yeah. runs and five stolen bases, but the RBIs and runs are excellent. So it's yeah, cool, but like I'm the, good. <laughs> yeah. They put him in like the, I think it's like maybe the fifth in the order, maybe sixth. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, see that. He's usually behind like Guriel, but yeah, I mean, we, and we talked about this earlier in the year. Like if he gets a chance, he's gonna, I, I think he can obviously, I think, I don't know if he'll keep up with the RBIs in the top 10 baseball like next year, but I definitely think that especially off season, we'll have our probably dynasty rankings and stuff like that on who we think is going to have maybe a continuous year going into this weird year for next year yeah and well especially i think he can keep up the rbis because i think yuli guriel is almost at the end of his contract i think i'm not 100 percent sure but the, he should get that opportunity he's not going to be the 300 hitter everybody thought but hell if he's 260 with 30 and 15 or 30 and 10 nobody's going to argue i mean it's been a great year for him and He's he's got six triples. He leads the league in that, which is crazy. So you've got to imagine another year in the majors, 
more experience and hopefully maybe a little bit more muscle he those triples get over the wall and just turn into home runs so now maybe you're looking at 11 home runs and three triples instead of six and eight so tucker's gonna be fun and it this has been such a crazy year you and i were talking to that some of the guys that are on our teams going into this is just crazy and it's like i have brad miller and dominic smith and evan longoria guys i never thought i'd roster this year but they've been so good and it's it's such a crazy year but it's been so much fun and the playoffs are always tough regardless of it if it's been 140 games played or 40 at this point i mean we've got a lot going on and the fact that we've had delays there's so many different things that are going to affect these next two weeks that could really screw or help somebody. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 2020 when the giants are <laughs> fighting for a playoff spot, yeah, right? <laughs> and they've got a really good offense on top of that. Like That's the crazy part is it's not the pitching staff that's truly carrying them. I mean, they've played good defense. They've got a decent pitching staff, but the offense has been way better than I thought it would be. Oh, I think it's way better than, I don't think there's many like baseball uh, podcast or anybody that was saying that I mean I think the first start of this whole thing I was saying to pretty much don't pick up any Giants players because yep. they're gonna yeah <laughs> like I didn't expect I don't think anybody expected this I mean Alex Dickerson to have the game that he had where he had three homers mm-hmm. like he hit like what I don't think I think he hit under single digits last year and I could be wrong though no, that sounds about right. But even yeah. then, it's he's not a guy that you expected. It feels like all the Giants are having career years between <laughs> Longoria, Dickerson, Yastrzemski is almost an MVP candidate, if not for Fernando Tatis. I mean, yeah, it's... Tatis wasn't playing baseball. Mike would be definitely, I don't know about the lead, but he'd be out. He's up there. So that's cool. Well, and the fact that we're over 40 games into the season and the Yankees were behind the Orioles in the standings at one point, uh, the fact that I think it was only for a day or two, but the Orioles were above the Yankees and the Yankees were in fourth. So that was, (laughs) it truly is peak 2020 and hell, the the AL Central is such a race right now with the White Sox at 27 and 16. The Twins are only a game behind and then the Indians are a game and a half behind. That's going to be a fun one down the stretch to watch. And it's really yeah. that's the closest one out of all of them. Yeah, and even like with your with your wild card races, like that's going to be fun too, because I mean the the NL. I know the Giants are. I think right now the eighth seed and the seventh seed is the Marlins. Like how crazy <laughs> is that? Like oh man, but you know what though? Honestly, if you I I've loved this season. I know we went into it with the expectation of what's going to happen. I would say I would go as far as saying that almost every rule change I'm in favor of keeping. What do you think? Absolutely. I've, I haven't seen a whole lot of the extra inning games really when it comes down to it. I don't know how many we've had, but I haven't, I haven't been able to watch many where you actually have the runner on second base or the fact that, uh, I mean, I love the universal DH I've been a, I've been a an advocate for it for the last four or five years. I'm tired of watching pitchers hit and so the supposed strategy behind it. It's just I mean, honestly, I think last year pitchers hit 150 on the season. It's I get they bunt a lot. I get they're not free swinging most of the time unless you're Zach Grenke or is it whether you're uh Bartolo Colon, of course, every once in a while. But just give me a DH. The fact we've been able to see guys like Brad Miller have a, another good season. The fact that Adam Duvall is able to play, the fact that Jose Martinez was acquired by the Cubs to play DH and give them that other bat. The fact that you have these guys that can hit and you don't have to worry of, well, they may play one game, then be benched for two, then play two. It's They get the opportunity to hit, and it's made the game more fun, in my opinion. The fact you get the best lineup out there possible. Yeah, no, and like I've said, right now I'm I'm like hardcore watching it, and I know you have Dom Smith. He just hit a grand slam. Oh, I wish it was next week. <laughs> I wish it was next week so bad. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm a huge football fan, but you know, like especially doing this podcast this year, 
I've, I feel like I've been so much more in tune into baseball and, and that's not just because that's all we had for the longest time. It's just, like I said, like, it's literally been a fun season. Like I really hope that, that, that we keep the DH in the DH in the NL because of you get to see, like, I'm sorry. I'm not a huge fan of watching the pitcher go up there and struggle and, you know, automatically get out. Like that's not fun baseball to me. I mean, I know there's obviously pitchers that can rake. So that's on, that's not like Mike Madison Bumgarner and like Mike Hampton back in the day. But I'm saying like, I would rather see the Dom Smiths, maybe that won't go play in the outfield, but he's going to go be a DH and hit a grand slam instead of seeing a pitcher that can't even throw a bunt down, just get an automatic out. Right. Like, and especially the fact that, I mean, Dom Smith has played the outfield. I, we know the Mets don't want to, but the fact that they are, they have been a better offense because of him. And that's what a lot of the younger people want to see. They don't want to see the two to one or one to one pitching duels. Offense is, is what matters. And the fact yeah. that it's, I would like to see these guys have breakout seasons and get those chances. Yeah. And I also want to, I also, I mean, I know these two players that come to my mind immediately are in the AL. So that wouldn't change, but players like Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, I want to see them stick around as long as they can. I don't want to see them leave, you know, and if they keep like DHs, you'll have players in the NL that, you know, maybe are on the older, older side and, can't really play in the infield or the outfield or wherever they played before, like they're going to stick around for more years. And I just, I don't know. I really like that. Oh, and yeah, it's, it's so hard to watch Pujols this year. He's looked awesome. He admitted that the time off helped him. He worked on his lower half. You can see he's back to that more normal stance where he was in St. Louis. The fact that he's getting lower and lower in his stance before the ball gets thrown and he's just able to crank on it. Obviously, the bat speed's not there, but how many guys do we really see getting a chance to really hit those records anymore? Most of the time, they don't because these guys struggle at staying in the game because teams want to go with the younger, better defenders, and they're willing to eat some of the offense when, especially like a Kevin Kiermaier, absolute elite defense, but provide so little on offense, but they're willing to put them out there because of how good they can be for their pitching staff. But I'd love to see the older guys, like you said, with uh, Albert Pujols or guys that are getting up there, like Mike Trout at some point, he's going to obviously become a DH or the fact that, I mean, anyone else up there, give them that chance to get, have the best career they can have rather than being forced to, fall out to a younger guy as much as I love prospects as much as I love taking those chances I'd love to see guys have those longer careers I mean look at Andrew McCutcheon he's been exciting as hell to watch us here in Philly yeah so it's it's guys like that that I want to continue to see that can be a lot of fun yeah and then um just like for I mean obviously we're huge baseball fans but people that maybe watch baseball or they don't usually watch baseball and it's better for the fan base too. Like just with another rule change, like nobody really wants to watch a 19 inning game because you've already watched a three hour baseball game. Now you're going to watch another hour and a half, two hours of baseball. (laughs) And it's like five hours of baseball to the regular everyday person. They're going to turn it off. Like it's just not going to happen. But if you start with a guy at second, it has like an immediate, like, Oh, okay, cool. So now there's some strategy. I don't know. I just, I've really enjoyed baseball this year. And I think every rule change, even down to like the relief pitchers that have to pitch to three guys, I never liked being in a big time game and then bring in a lefty specialist. And then you're like, Oh, okay, well, cool. This guy literally all he does is get lefties out. And now there's a lefty up to bat with the game on the line. That's stupid. You know, like (laughs) I want to see the lefty specialist go against a righty and see how good he actually is instead of just getting one guy out. Cause there used to be pitchers back in the day. Uh, who was, uh, Javier Lopez for the giants. Yep. He was like the bit. Well, I mean, for my end, that was a huge world series run. So I loved it, but I'm saying for the, uh, 
opposing team, they're probably like, oh, my God, here he comes. He's going to get my lefty batter out, and then they're going to pull him immediately. And it's like I like the fact that you have to pitch the three three batters now. Yeah, and the fact that it does take – I mean, you've got – we've been able to see guys that we probably wouldn't see because these teams are like, well, screw it. We have to give somebody a chance, so why not go with the young arms? I mean, you look at the White Sox, Matt Foster, who's bro- who's broke out this year, or hell, one of the best guys that a lot of people might not talk about because he's not notching saves, but he's a part of a very deadly bullpen or and pitching rotation, kind of. And that's Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers. The dude throws absolute filth with his changeup. It's unhittable. And you may not have seen him uh, before this year because of the fact that, you know what, We've got guys where, like you said, okay, they can get the next two lefties out. Let's throw out our loogie, and then we'll get out of this. We'll throw somebody else. We'll get to our regular bullpen. But now you've got these young guys that are getting a chance. And it's been a ton of fun to see all these guys break out. Obviously, James Karinchak was a guy that was really good going into this year. But Devin Williams, Jonathan Hernandez, the lung relief specialist has kind of made a comeback this year because of it. I mean, hell, Pete Fairbanks for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, 19 innings and 29 strikeouts. A bit of a high wit, but he's been able to be a really exciting non-closing pitcher. So it's I've enjoyed it just because these teams are having to take a different strategy. And hell, the more the better pitchers you get, and especially with a guy like Pitching Ninja on Twitter, he showcases everybody. It doesn't matter if you are Max Scherzer or you're a brand new rookie that's just coming up. You, he will show the nastiest of pitches. And it's, it's fun to see the young guys get their chances. Even though they're 24, 25, just getting their chance, these guys throw absolute filth. Yeah, no, I completely, yeah. I'm, like I said, this year has been really fun. And it's not over yet. We still got some some stuff going on. And then right now, as we're actually doing the podcast, I'm seeing that the twins game might get canceled today. Really? For which what? Sucks. Uh, rain, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's fairly normal. I mean, we've had kind of crappy weather over here in Illinois in the last few days. It's been just overcast. So I'm not surprised that they would get that, but uh, it's, We'll see how that affects them, especially those two teams fighting for that divisional spot. I hope they just beat up on each other for the White Sox sake. <laughs> well, the only reason I was saying that is because the guy that we were I was talking about that I need to lose is going against Shane Bieber. <laughs> so I was like, yes, but he's going against a twin. So it's like, uh, but he's so good. He'll, I, don't yeah. know, he'll, I hope he shuts them down. The fact they- that he is. He's got a 125 ERA this year, 94 strikeouts in 57 innings. Yeah. That is filth. What? Let's just a quick little conversation. Would you take Shane Bieber in the first round next year? Oh, God, it's tough because I usually don't take pitchers because they can lose such value. But, yeah, he's going to be a first-round talent, if I, especially if I'm at the back of the first round. I probably would as much as I love stacking hitters. If I can, if I'm at the like 10, 9, 10, 11 spot, I imagine that I, I would absolutely go Bieber and then the next elite hitter that's there, especially a guy like Francisco Lindor may drop down there next year with the year he's had. I probably would. He's just, he's so good. He's so pinpoint accurate with his pitches. He's got 14 walks to his 94 strikeouts that is just unfair and it's he doesn't have a high effort delivery either he's just really smooth really repeat repeatable delivery so yeah i'd probably take him he's gonna be right up there with Degrom. on that note i had i know you kind of mentioned garrett cole was back today and i thought i put this poll up on twitter i don't know if you saw it but over the next five years if you had a chance in real life baseball, not fantasy, not anything else. If you had the chance between Shane Bieber or Garrett Cole, who are you taking? Same contract. Say they both signed a five-year deal for a hundred million dollars. Who are you taking? Who? <laughs> I know. Cause I had somebody come at me of like, no, delete this tweet. This is terrible. Saying that I would still take Shane Bieber over uh, Garrett Cole. For me, it's the fact that 
Bieber's so accurate. Cole still, I mean, he still walks more batters. I'm not saying Cole isn't great. He absolutely is. But personally, I'm going with Shane Bieber, just how great he is, how much potential he still has. Yeah. And we, this, we, I don't think we've still seen the best of him. The fact that he could be a guy that throws 14 walks all year in a 162 game season, kind of like Hyun Jin Ryu did last year. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go Bieber (laughs) as well. And that's just because, I mean, I know, like, like you just said, Cole is one of the best pitchers in the league, but his problem is the home run ball. And his last few starts have shown that again, like Cole ha- does have flaws. I mean, his stuff is nasty and it's filthy, but he does have some weaknesses that this year I haven't seen Shane Bieber have. No, like <laughs> I, like I just don't see him. He doesn't make mistakes. And it's like Cole does all the time. And I honestly feel like if you, watched Cole's last few starts like if he he uh he gets like flustered really easily and you can tell that once he gets flustered he just starts uh overthrowing 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 and it's like especially in that division I mean I mean that division right now but with years to come with like your Toronto's yeah, and, yeah, in Tampa Bay. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm gonna stick with Bieber. I, I think because Cole isn't leaving. You know, he just signed that fat contract with the Yankees, so that division is gonna get better and better. And I think the Yankees are probably gonna get worse and worse. It's and it's it's tough. I know. Here's the other thing with Bieber, though, is people expect Cole to miss once in a while. He's got his stuff. Uh, obviously, Bieber has better pinpoint control. But I've seen it at times where guys, Bieber clearly misses his spot and guys are dumbfounded. There was one the other night, like a week ago, where he <laughs> Bieber threw a uh, heater right down the middle and the guy just, he swung and missed because he was expecting it to drop. He knew he had an absolute cookie down the middle of the plate and was pissed because he knew that doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Bieber doesn't fuck up. So for him to screw up and that was the only pitch that guy is going to see and he whiffed on it and well, he fouled it off actually. But the fact that he missed an absolute gem to just crush had to suck. (laughs) The fact that he's just that good and his stuff has played up this much at the major league level over the last two years. I'm taking Bieber. I will probably run a poll through the, our Twitter account for the show because I'm really curious. It's, it's a fun debate if they were to sign the same contract, because obviously people are going to go, Oh, Shane Bieber, cause he's cheaper versus Garrett Cole's 30 something million a year, but same contract next five years. I'm taking Bieber. Yeah, I, I agree. I, so, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> so why don't we actually get into the meat of our show? But before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. So... Obviously, tonight with our show, it's a little bit different. We only have two weeks left in the regular season, and it's all going to come down to who's hot, who's not, who are you willing to drop, who are you, who do you think is going to play out the rest of the season? Because a lot of us, especially if you play with Fab, 
you only have a little bit left depending on how you spent, depending on your league, how, uh, how aggressive your other players are. Uh, but we've brought you some guys that we're going to debate that may be available in your league that you may be able to pick up. And so I'm going to toss it over to Michael, who he thinks uh, should be a pickup for the rest of the season. And neither of us knows who we are going to say. We may have a couple of the same. We may have none the same. So I'm really curious to see how this one goes. So why don't you start us off, Michael? Yeah, I'll start us off. I'll, I'll throw a name out and you tell me. Actually, I'll throw out three names and you tell me if you would pick those up and then we'll talk about why we would. Or Here, actually, I've got an idea. What if you throw out the team name first for one of them? Okay. And I want to see if I can figure out who it is. Uh, first one will go Baltimore. I'm going to guess DJ Stewart, maybe. Yes, DJ yeah, Stewart. Yeah. All right. So and then, tell me about DJ Stewart. Why do you think he's a pickup for the rest of the season? Well, I mean, he, he's getting way more at-bats than he was, I mean, obviously at, at the start of the season. Uh, for example, today, uh, I'm pretty sure he had a homer off, D, uh, off uh, Cole. Let me actually check that. <laughs> um, but he's just getting way more playing time. And – the Orioles are crazily in the race still. So yeah, he did actually hit a homer off of, of Cole today. Um, he's hitting two, he's almost hitting 260. He has five homers this year, seven RBIs, OPS, one, one, five, three. I mean, I'm telling you, like he's, he's getting his at bats and he's, I, I'm not the big dynasty guy like you are. I don't think he was – I think he was a first-round draft pick, but I don't think he was like a big-time prospect, was he? Let's see. DJ Stewart, yeah, he was tw- picked 25th overall in the 2015 June uh, amateur draft. I remember he, There was potential, but nobody ever thought he was going to become a superstar. The biggest thing with him was he had power. The His biggest question mark was definitely his hit tool, though. And you can see that throughout his minor league numbers where he's hitting 250, 235, 238 in 2019 in a a minor stint with the Orioles here at the major league level. But especially in Camden Yards where that's a hitter's ballpark, his power obviously plays up. A lot of people were looking at him hopefully to break out with the Orioles before he turned 26 like he is now. But there's a lot to like there, honestly. Yeah, let me give you his his last seven games. You ready? Yep. 20 at bats, nine hits. Six of those are homers. Oh my God. He is, he is batting 450, slugging, uh, 1350. Oh you know, he's literally just on fire. And then, like I said, today he hit the homer off Cole. That's somebody that I'm riding the hot hand going into the playoffs. Why not go pick him up? You know? Yeah, I mean, with an ISO of 500 this season, yeah. his isolated power is off the charts. He's been walking a ton so far, even though he's striking out thirty over 30% of the time. But like you said, he's getting the at-bats. I didn't think I was going to like it as much when you originally said it, but the last, last three games he's batted in the three-hole. And let's see, I'm looking it up, actually, the other games that he was at. See DJ Stewart. He's bounced between eighth and second, but the last few games, because of how hot he's been, and like you said, the Orioles in a playoff chase, he's been hitting third. So I love that. Yeah, and I actually let me uh, want to apologize. He hit a homer in the second set of the doubleheader. I thought it was in the first against Tanaka, so it wasn't against Cole, but still. Hey, a home run's a home run. It all counts the same in fantasy. (laughs) The Orioles didn't score against Garrett. He actually only allowed two hits today. So, yeah. Honestly, that that Orioles team is getting more and more fun. I mean, we've seen we. I remember when we touted Hanser Alberto as a guy to pick up, and he's batting all the way down at eighth and seventh recently. He's not at the top of the order, but that's understandable with the way DJ Stewart's hit. Obviously, Ryan Mountcastle hitting really well, and then Jose Iglesias in the two hole. It's it's weird to think that the Orioles have a fun lineup but it's there. It's there for us to watch. Yeah, no, I completely, I, I understand. Yeah. That's just somebody that I've been seeing lately. And I'm like, Whoa, like he's doing it, you know, like let's, why not ride the hot hand? That's the way I look at it. 
I thought I was going to hate that pick, but I honestly, I like it. And let's see, I'm pulling up the Orioles schedule for the next seven days because, or not next seven, but obviously they're finishing with the Yankees this weekend. So hopefully you have that chance to maybe use his power. And then they play at home against the Braves for three. And then they play four against the Rays at home. So they have seven games at home. I love that pick. Or sorry, technically six at home because... Oh, no, seven, because one of them is the Rays. It's a makeup game. The Rays are the home team, mm-hmm. but they're playing in Baltimore. Okay. So seven at home in that ballpark. Yeah, give me DJ Stewart, and especially <laughs> the Braves love to give up runs. Max Freed, especially hitting the IL recently. Yes, oh, give me yeah. all of DJ Stewart. Yeah, that sucked. I mean, that's another one. But that's just like 2020, though. Like pitching itself has just been so weird this year. <laughs> I think it's, I don't know if it's partly because there's no fans and the fact that a lot of, of pitchers, especially relievers too, they thrive on the, the energy of the crowd. The fact that they, they feel that energy and they, sometimes they love the pressure and they build the adrenaline for it. And it's weird because you get guys that are great that have been, we were kind of talking about Walker Bueller. He admitted earlier this year that hey, I'm a slow starter, so this has been a rough year for him. He hasn't been able to find his groove, especially with a couple of injuries in the way as well. So pitching has been really, really odd this year. Yep. So I'll get to my first one, and I'll actually give you the team of the St. Louis Cardinals. I want to see if you can guess who it is. (laughs) It's not Brad Miller, is it? It is. (laughs) I've been touting him for a while now, and I looked it up before we got into the show. Do you know how how often he's rostered? I know we're at the end of the year, so obviously only so many teams are going to be able to pick him up and use him. But he's currently at 20.4% on ESPN and 40%, 46% on Yahoo. It, the fact that he's under 50% and he, the fact that he's been on a heater for the last month and the fact it's he's under 50% owned, I get third bases deep. I completely understand that. And on fan tracks, he's about 50% owned. So that's better. That's more of what I expected. But this guy is hitting currently on the season 284 uh, average, 15 runs, five home runs, and 21 RBIs. And he does have a stolen base tossed in there as well. The fact that he, he plays throughout it, he's been doing really well. This, besides the fact that he's been hitting the ball with authority and he's been hitting in the cleanup spot for the last month, he has 10 games this week for the second week of playoffs or the second to last week of your regular season. He has 10 games. He may not play in every single one of them, but because he's a DH, because he plays third, I expect him to play in eight or nine out of 10. The fact that he is so good and the Cardinals are chasing down a playoff spot, they are going to play him. The fact that you have him at 10 and then the Cubs themselves only play five games this week, is just ridiculous. I know I'm looking forward to the double headers they have because that is just an easy way to stack RBIs and runs in every counting stat. So I'm super excited to have Brad Miller. The fact that I don't see any downside with him. <laughs> I really don't. No, I mean he's he's just like this it's just like DJ Stewart. He's a guy that we wouldn't have talked about to start the season and be like, hey, go pick up Brad Miller. Go pick up DJ Stewart, but this is fantasy baseball. You ride the hot hand and with them being hot. And like you said, with all the games that he's going to have more than other players, that's someone that just doesn't make sense. Why you don't go pick him up, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's, he's cooled off this week in the last seven days. He's only got three hits out of 22 at bats, but honestly it's that could turn around in a split second. And Hitting streaks come to an end, but so do cold slumps. So I don't expect him to stay cold for too long. And the fact that he's going to have 10 games, even if he has a couple of bad games in there, it's not just, okay, two out of five. It's two out of 10. That could be bad. So I'm super excited, especially in the cleanup spot. He's going to have his chances to rack up counting stats. Go yep. get him when if you can. <laughs> All right. So here's my next guy. Uh, he is on the Rockies. Ooh, 
Uh, I'm going to guess Sam Hilliard. That's, that's the best one I can think of. That would be easy to pick up. Uh, no, it is actually Kevin Pillar. I totally forgot he went to the Rockies. I forgot he's over there. (laughs) Most people did. And (laughs) so now that he's being, he's been in the lineup, like he's a full-time member now. Uh, He's literally like crushing the ball. It's insane. Like if you look at his, the last few weeks, and then the biggest reason I'll say why I would go pick up Kevin Pillar if you have a chance to, is because the Rockies are about to be on a 10-game homestand. 10-game homestand. That's literally going to finish out the fantasy baseball season almost. And they're going to be at course. Like, why, why would you not go pick any Rockies player up at this point? Like, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. But uh, I'm trying to find his stats since he's been with the Rockies. I don't want his stats before that. Let's see. I, and- well, to say on top of that, while you find it, he's been batting fifth in that lineup. Like, yeah, I feel so bad. And I've had this discussion on Twitter a few times with guys like Eric Cross and Mike Curlin that I hate the Rockies so much. I refuse to own any of their prospects in dynasty leagues because you have guys like Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon, uh, Brendan Rogers. Rymel Tapia, Tapia has been playing a lot this year, but it takes them so long to give these guys a full run. Uh, Sam Hilliard is another name. The fact that these guys just, they play their hearts out and they'll go two for five, two for five, two for four. And then they get benched for like three games out of nowhere. It's like, what the hell is going on? Why don't you give them their chance? I mean, Garrett Hampson, it's a running joke with a lot of the guys that I follow between all of us just of, well, Garrett Hampson hit a bomb. Who are they going to sign to make him sit on the bench now? I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. But, the, I mean, you look, they have Matt Kemp. They have Kevin Pillar. <laughs> it's so weird for and, a team And like Kevin them. Pillar is like a, just in his career, like a stat stuffer, <laughs> you know? I mean, we're talking about a guy that's hit 20 homers. He's he's hit, he's been in 87 RBIs at one point. He He's had 25 stolen bases. Like I just, I mean, yeah, his start with the Rockies hasn't been great, but that's because they've also been on the road uh, almost every, every game he's been with them for seven or eight games. And yeah, they've played in LA. They've played in San Diego. Yeah. So it's in Arizona there. Yeah. So give him the opportunity to go play in cores for the last 10 games of the season and I'm going to throw out a chance, you know, like that's somebody that I wouldn't go say like a must add, like I would rather have DJ Stewart over him. Mm-hmm. And I would also rather have Brad Miller, but it's just someone that if you want to go and, and maybe reach a little bit, I mean, Kevin Pillar, but he's, he's done it before. Yeah, he has. And it's, I mean, he doesn't, it's not like they face a ton of tough pitching. They've got the angels, the A's and the Dodgers coming in for the next week and a half. So obviously Dodgers aren't as deep as they feel like they should be at the pitching staff. Obviously Dustin may is nasty. Kershaw still has his stuff, but he does have a good chance, especially in Colorado to do it. So. Yeah. Who's your next guy. All right. So he is, (laughs) I'm just going to say he's a brave and he's currently killing you. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all know who that is. That he's is my- Adam Duvall. <laughs> as much as I hate to say it. I know. It's so weird. Adam <laughs> Duvall. Like, this guy was, like, literally not playing at all. And then he has, like, an Alex Dickerson type game where it's, like, three. He said two of them, though. <laughs> That's the thing. He said two of them in the past two weeks. Uh... <laughs> so. To add on Adam Duvall, I'm I'm taking him. He's batting seventh. That's the only downside to him right now. But he's hotter than hot. I mean, you turn on your stove and shove your hand on it, it's still not as hot as Adam Duvall is. The fact that he's got, over his past 14 days, he's got nine home runs, which is out of 16 hits. So half of it, more than half of his hits have been home runs. 15 runs scored, 17 RBIs with a 314 average. And he's been barreling the ball amazingly. He's been able to have a good swing with it. He's been able to find the head of the bat, even though he's got me, middle of the pack uh, 
exit velocity, he's in a great spot. The fact that he does get to face, uh, I don't remember what their schedule is, but he's been playing well and he's got Darno, Swanson and Riley ahead of him. So the RBI opportunities are going to be there. Not so much runs, but we've seen him just play really well recently. He's hitting well. So why not go pick him up? If, especially if you need an outfielder, it's, I can't believe that I'm suggesting Adam Duvall with how <laughs> bad he started this year, but it's not like he gets to face too much tough competition because he's going to face the nationals for the weekend. Then he gets the Orioles. Then he gets to face the Mets. And even though we're suggesting you pick up Orioles, pick up Braves too, because the, they get to play in Camden Yards. Yeah. They get to play in a very, uh, friendly ballpark in the beginning of the week and then the Mets obviously they'll face DeGrom at some point so switch him out but if you need a bat that has that explosive ceiling for a game Adam Duvall is your guy and I as much as I hate to suggest it when he's killing you at the time it is what it is I mean he that's some that's what we're here to do though is is make sure that our listeners get the right people for the playoffs um and that is just like what I was saying, what we were talking about with the hot hand. Why not? I mean, he hasn't stopped hitting, so might as well keep going. Yeah, right. <laughs> and especially, that's a good Braves lineup that is starting to find their stride. But especially if Acuna's gone, that means that uh, Duvall is just going to move up, even though it's one last guy in front of him. So he's going to have that maybe extra at-bat that you would get out of him. So I'm excited about that one. Yep. So who's your next one? Uh, I'm looking for a next one. I was looking to see some schedules to see if there was anybody that would kind of pop out at me. Let's see. Well, I'll just go with, uh, I, I talked about him. Uh, we'll go raise. I've talked about him. It was a slight little, I'm excited now that this person has left. And he's kind of taken off since then. I'm guessing Randy Arozarena is yes. who you're suggesting. Yes, yes. that is a yes. good one. Yeah. I mean, since he has finally started getting his his playing time, he's hitting 364, four homers. It's like he's on fire. And I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say I knew that was gonna happen because I didn't, you know. <laughs> We'd all love to do that. <laughs> I was just excited that. I wanted to see him get his opportunity to do this or to flop. And then it would have been just nothing. So, I mean, I, I just think that especially in that lineup, it's he's obviously doing everything he needs to do. And defensively he's out there. He's making the, I saw him on uh, MLB network, making a few plays the other night. Like he's, he's someone that, grab the hot hand like i said i'm not saying going into next year to pick him up and draft him but with him getting the amount of playing time he's getting and getting the at-bats finally and putting i mean hitting 364 with four homers like that's crazy you know that's that's really good for playoffs you know that's something that that's helping you especially in categories leagues that's helping you with everything you know so that's that's my next guy. I would I would go pick up because, you know, he's on fire. Yeah, that's definitely a good pick for deeper leagues. Where, I mean, he's probably picked up in a lot of leagues, but he's surprisingly still available as well. Just because a lot of people don't know the name, don't expect him, didn't expect him to do much, but he's got a good bat. He's definitely exciting, and I'll be curious to see how well he does down the stretch. And I feel like he could be a draft steal next year because it's kind of like similar to fantasy football, where you don't remember guys that did anything in the last few weeks, if you got eliminated, but this is why it's important to pay attention throughout the rest of the season. Even if you're not winning, even if you're not in the playoffs, go for, and just watch these guys because of the fact that you can get these guys at a discounted price next year and they have the ceiling. You've seen what they can do. And Rosa Reina is that type of guy that you could get late that could provide a lot of value. Yep, I agree. So I've got one last one. And this one's kind of a, it's a speculative ad just because I don't know if he's going to return in time. Obviously, down the stretch, they're talking about him returning. And it's, it's a Blue Jays pitcher. Oh, man. 
who's currently injured. Why am I drawing a blank on their <laughs> pitching staff? Because it's changed so much since. Because <laughs> they added, I think, four new pitchers through, from the trade deadline. They added Taiwan Walker. They added uh, Robbie Ray. <laughs> but who uh, I'm talking about is Nate Pearson. They're talking uh, about him coming back and pitching out of the bullpen. And if you don't have those elite uh, relievers like a Devin Williams, like a Matt Foster, like a Josh Hader, I think Nate Pearson can be really valuable for ratios and strikeouts near the end. For the simple fact that he's got that 100-mile-per-hour heater that he can throw just absolutely by guys. And if he's out of the bullpen, we've seen him touch 105. We've seen him touch 103. So, I mean, hell, you toss him out there for two innings, he could rack up three or four strikeouts and not give up any runs. They did that with him last year early on in the minors. They switched him between two inning stints and five inning stints just to help build him up, and that way they were slowly getting there. And in in those types of stints, he was unhittable. He's ridiculous. His stuff is going to play up out of the bullpen, of course. So if if you have that IR spot or if you have that extra bench spot, He's a guy I would add just because as a reliever, he's going to be really valuable down the stretch. It's not like it's a shoulder issue. I'm not too worried about that. So I think actually, what was this injury? I'm trying to remember now that I think about it. I mean, that's someone that I feel like should have always been in the bullpen. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know too much about him. I know he's a big time prospect and I know for the most part, he was there to be a starting pitcher, but when you have that type of speed, I feel like unless you're Jacob DeGrom or, you know, yeah. like I feel like that's made for the bullpen. I I still want to see him as a, as a starter. I think he can be that. He's got the body to be a workhorse. To Obviously, he, he'll never live up to the Roy Halladay type of body and the fact of being that type of workhorse, but in this type of league we could see him be a 180 190 innings pitched if he can stay healthy because he's not going to wear down as much as a guy like Tristan McKenzie might who's a string bee and I may be wrong on that later down the road in his career <laughs> but Pearson is a guy that he's got it he's got fairly good control so he's not going to be a Robbie Ray type and I would love to see Pearson kind of make a name for himself out of the bullpen to stay involved with the team and stay involved in the playoff race and be able to add some depth. So, and I do have one last one. I just, as I was looking through the past 14 days of pitchers, if you don't have a share of Dane Dunning right now, go get him. (laughs) Dane Dunning is absolutely, he's a high floor guy, but he's got 21 strikeouts in 20 innings. I love what he's got coming up too. He's got his next projected starts are against Minnesota and Cincinnati. Minnesota's a tougher one, but they haven't been playing all that well. And he's he will not pile he won't pile up the strikeouts all the time, but he's also not going to kill you with walks a lot either. And plus and then Cincinnati, they've not been that great offense that we expected them to be. So go grab Dane Dunning if you need a pitcher down the start or down the road where he's going to give you a couple of starts against some decent matchups. Yeah, no, Dane Dunning is really exciting. I mean, he's one of those, like, it's, I don't want to say, cause he's, he's obviously way better um, than like a folk legend almost, but I, I don't know. He just feels like a guy that just came out of nowhere and he's just, he's especially for your team. I mean, he's doing really well. Well, and he's a guy that he was never flashy. He's got good stuff. He's got that uh, nasty curve, but he's a guy that's not, he's never going to be in a start SP one for you. He's never going to be an SP two, but he's a guy that you could draft year in and year out that will just be solid. That's going to give you innings that could do a strikeout per inning and be solid for you. He's not going to be a Max Scherzer, but he could be around in the league for 10 years and just be solid every single year. So I'm super excited about him, and especially down the – I mean, he's already kind of making a name for himself. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, me too. But do you have any other names that you want to add to this? Because we've got, we've got a lot that we added here, and especially some of these are uh, lesser known. So yeah, – or lesser I mean, owned, I should say. 
I mean, I don't really have any like off the top of my head. I could maybe throw, I'll throw just one out, one more player. I'm just looking at schedules for next week and and throwing them out there. Let's say, what do you think about uh, Hayes from Pittsburgh? Oh, could Brian Hayes? I was like, yeah. I had to think about it. Right. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, no, it's that's on me. I'm like, I know it. <laughs> it took me a second. Cabrian Hayes is tough for me. He's going to play a lot. One, because Pittsburgh, their offense sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And and his defense is absolutely elite. He's going to be there day in and day out. They have no reason to take him out middle of the game either, unless he's hurt because his defense at third is excellent. But his, the biggest thing with him is he doesn't have the game power. The raw power is there. It's not anything flashy like a Stanton or a judge or Bellinger but he's he's going to grow into some power as he does. He hits for a decent average or should in his career. I just I have a hard time wanting to pick him up because the Pirates offense is so bad. It's he feels very empty with he's just empty batting average. He's going to provide that, but other than that he doesn't have the team surrounding him where okay, he's going to provide me runs or RBIs and really stuff those categories for me. That's I have a hard time doing that, especially for third base. That is pretty deep. Yeah, that was just another name I was just throwing out there to, because I know he's going to get at bats and I know he's going to play. So that's why I was just throwing him out there. I do have one last guy that is a guy that you could pick up that is just a speculative ad or at least a guy to watch. Even if you don't pick him up for fantasy, turn on the Toronto Blue Jays game because he just got called up today the toronto blue jays selected his contract and that is catcher alejandro kirk do you know who he is or no Probably i do know not. who he is okay. yeah i do <laughs> the best description of him for anyone who doesn't know who he is is if you know williams estudio from minnesota he's that bowling ball type of body but his hit tool is excellent I, this is a guy i had to put on here as soon as i saw he got selected from the toronto blue jays and called up I'm super excited about this guy. He's the number six prospect in their uh, system, but in the minors, he walked last year in 2019 between, I believe, double A and triple A. He walked 15% of the time, striked out 10% and had a slash line of 290, 403, 465. So the slugging's not super high, but he's got a good hit tool and he's only 21. I expect this guy to have a cult following by the end of the year because he's, he is a bowling ball type guy and he's only 21. He's going to be a hell of a fun to lot of what to watch if they give him some time. And that's going to be the biggest question because Danny Jansen's not great. And uh, obviously Reese McGuire really hasn't done anything for them this year. Cause I don't think he's really played, but if, if they can give Kirk some time to play, he's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah. Would you compare him to like a Pablo Sandoval early stages? Yeah, I mean, maybe not as heavy, but he's he's somewhere between that Williams Astudio and uh, Pablo Sandoval early on. He's just he's a heavy, heavy guy, and for behind the plate, it's just funny to see. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. But and he can hit. It's it's not game day power. It's not anything crazy like that. But the fact that he's got a hit tool and he's He's got an, a decent run, too. He's not going to steal bases, but he's going to be fun to watch on the base bats. I'm super excited about it. So, and I mean, Danny Jansen only has a 603 OPS. And with Blue Jay, the Blue Jays needing to chase that playoff spot right now, there's no reason that they shouldn't play him. I think today they just didn't play him because of the fact that he's making his way to Toronto. They decided it pretty late in the day. So they're, they'll probably have him in the lineup tomorrow. So definitely, if you have the chance to pick him up today, I would. If you're in a deeper league, I know I'm about to buy him and put in a, a fab bid in my dynasty league because I didn't expect him to get called up. So I'm going to put a fab bid in now and hopefully it goes through tonight. So I'm excited to put him <laughs> into my minors and hopefully see if he can do something down the stretch here. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a good little deep dive there for some <laughs> people that don't know really who he is. They could get the upper hand and pick him up and then reap the benefits you know yeah if he gets hot they'll play him and the fact that you're gonna enjoy what he's doing so that's my last guy and that's 
that's pretty much all for the show, I think. I mean, we can't go off without going. You got to give me a Vlad update, you know, a <laughs> Vlad Jr. update. We may as well. That's something that I honestly, because of football, because of not playing like baseball really recently, I've watched it. I haven't paid attention to individual players except for guys on the waiver wire. But let me pull it up as my team roster is now loading slow, of course. And also I'm checking out the <laughs> my opponent's scores. The guy that was currently losing is now 6-6 six to six because he's Giolito and uh, DeGrom oh, obviously okay. are pitching tonight for him. So Vlad Guerrero has definitely struggled over the last while because he's down to 248 on the season for his average and his OPS is 750. Over the last, let's see, 14 days, only a 235 average and 688 OPS and two home runs in that time. He's struggled the last 14 days over the last month. It's been decent, but yeah, I think I really think next year is going to be the breakout. And I know it sounds crazy because we all thought that going into this year, yeah. but he looked good going into camp and then we had COVID hit and yeah, that, no, I'm he, not gonna he put on this. so much weight there and it sucks because he was in such good shape. And then as everybody, all of us did, we put on a little bit of weight, but oh yeah, he put on more obviously and he's got a wagon. So yeah. All right. Before we leave <laughs> quick predictions, who is winning the world series? Oh God, that's tough. Like you know what? Let's just save that for maybe the episode right before we go into the playoffs. Let's just say last two wild card spots for AL and NL. Who's getting them? I've give me your prediction because I currently don't know the uh, let's see MLB wild card standings. So who do you Go think ahead. it's going to be? Because I'm, so, I'm pulling them up right now. No, that's fine. So I I think. My Giants are going to fight off and still get the eighth seed. And I think the Mets are going to get into the playoffs and be in the wild card as well. So I think it's the Giants and the Mets. And then I think for the AL, I think, oh, man, I I want to say the Angels because they're so talented, but they just can't get it together. I'm going to go and say – I'm going to go and say the Yankees don't make the playoffs this year. Oh, wow. Really? And and I'm going to say mm-hmm. uh, that's a bold take, but I'm going to say the Tigers put it together and make it with the Indians. Really? Yep. And the Interesting. Yankees, and that would just literally be 2020. <laughs> it you know, honestly Yankees would. don't make the playoffs and the Tigers get in. So in the NL, because right now, as it stands, San Francisco is ahead by half a game with Miami just behind them. Then you've got Colorado, Milwaukee, and the Mets as the top three currently. Wow. I, th- I do agree with San Francisco making the playoffs as the wild card. As, oh, God. I kind of want to. I want to say Milwaukee because I enjoy their team. They're a lot of fun to watch, and my boy Corbin Burns has been awesome the last cool. while. He's been so good, so good. I think he's going to sneak into a mid-round pick next year. I think he's going to be a good value, but I who the Mets. God, it's t- <laughs> it's honestly tough between the Mets and Miami. I'm going to go with Miami though. I think they'll figure Miami? it out. I like their pitching staff one through five. They don't go deep a ton, but they've been able to put it together this much. So I'm going to say Miami and San Francisco, which is just not expected. Everybody was (laughs) predicting them all for low winning percentages in this year. And then on the AL side, I'm going with, obviously I think Cleveland's going to have a spot. They've pretty much locked that up. It seems at this point at 26 and 18, they're just in a Stupid, stupid good division this year, which is crazy. And then the Yankees. Yankees currently have it. They're behind. How are they? Okay, it shows them not behind at all, which is weird on NBC Sports, but whatever. Honestly, I I don't see Detroit doing it. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle put a run in there. That'd be cool. I think the Yankees hold on just because I don't like – I don't like Baltimore's pitching staff. I don't like Detroit's pitching staff a whole lot. And their offense is so up and down. 
I would love to see the Angels come out of nowhere, but they're 18 and 27, and they, they've got so much work to do if they wanted to. So I'm sticking with Cleveland and the Yankees as the wild cards. All right. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll tally those and keep those going so that when we get to the podcast right before the playoffs, we'll see, we'll run it back and see exactly what we said. <laughs> It'll be fun to see what happens. <laughs> But on that note, we are done for tonight. We will have another show for you next week. And we are glad you guys joined us. Once again, you can find the show at Double Switch Pod. You can find me at twi- on Twitter at Dad Socks. And you can find Michael Buckenroth at BearsFan5233. Uh, I know I've slacked off on streamers of the day, unfortunately, this last week. It's just been a crazy busy schedule. But I will continue on that starting again this weekend. I'm going to start using TweetDeck, of course, to schedule those a little bit better. But I hope everyone the best in their uh, playoffs. And hopefully you can turn yours around, Michael, and see if you can (laughs) move on to that next round. Yeah, I'll give you guys the update next uh, podcast, how I ended up doing. Uh, But I just want to tell all the viewers, don't give up. You know, I know... Uh, football's coming, but don't give up. You're in the, the prime part of fantasy baseball. Absolutely. And it's as much as football is going to start taking over, you've got the chance to still win. And I mean, over these next two days, there could be some crazy matchups. So I'm excited about it. And I'm glad we could do this again. So for everyone out there, we gone. <laughs>